it was the most exciting thing that I had seen from um, Clear Fork since I started there, just because that was like my genre. Like I love portal fantasy and grew up with portal fantasies. So I was really excited to get to work on it. Hello and welcome to episode four of the podcast. Laura Snyder wrote a book. I am Chris Snyder here with Laura. Hello. This episode is going to be about the editing process. So a little bit later, we'll hear from Austin Rue, who is the editor of Laura's book, Witch's Quarters. But before that, uh, we'll talk to Laura about what the editing process was like from her end going through that process. So this is actually the the fourth podcast on the process of getting your book published. Um, and really, that was our plan to to do these four episodes and uh, you know, then I guess be done or see what's going on. And, you know, I think we'll do some more. Should we do some more? Yeah, let's do more. <laughs> so, so it may not be, uh, that we're back quite next week, but I think there's some more, more stories to tell about Laura's book as we get into marketing and other things related to that. Um, I think there are maybe some other people out there we can, we can interview about their stories of, of writing their books. So I guess if there's anyone out there who has, ideas of episodes we could do or maybe has written a book and wants to be a guest on an episode of this podcast um you know get a hold of us and let us know and we are open to that idea um if you're new here and you want to start from the beginning uh you know go back so so find the podcast on uh, laura's website laurasnyderstories.com or on apple Podcasts or google Podcasts, and start from episode one to learn about the writing process, then go into episode two on finding an agent, and episode three on finding a publisher, and then finally, you know, episode four, uh, this one on working with an editor. All right, we ready? Yes. Okay. So, just to start out, what what kind of sticks out in your mind about the editing process of your book? What what do you remember about this process? Um, I think with the editing process, it's it's frustrating. It takes a long time and you have to take a lot of criticism in order to make your book better. So, um, yeah, it takes some thick skin. You gotta, you gotta grow some extra layers for the editing process. But so one thing I've read from other authors is, you know, even like people in the, the self-publishing world who are kind of on their own. I mean, you had Clear Fork Publishing giving you an editor, but they say it's worth it to pay money for a good editor. I mean, end of the day, worth it to to go through that process? Oh, yes. I mean, it w- the version that was acquired originally, um, that Callie acquired, with Clear Fork Publishing is very different than the final version. I mean, a lot of the book is the same, but there are a lot of changes too. And I would say after Austin got a hold of it and really made me make some hard choices, um, it's way better. It's a thousand times better. I mean, little things that as an author, you're in it. So you don't even realize that you have issues. Um, I mean, it's it's sort of like when people say to lawyers, they're like, if if you if a lawyer is charged with a crime, if if you're 
it, a lawyer represents themselves, they're either have an idiot for a client or an idiot for a lawyer. I mean, because you're too close to it, you can't see the issues. I think that that is the same for writers, that you love your, what you've done, so you don't even recognize what needs to change until an editor gets in there and says, hey, you have a problem here, um, but this is how you could fix it. So at first it's like, oh, man, but I liked that part. And then, and then you start to come around to it and then, and then you decide to fix it. And it turns out that everything's better once you do it. So the book went to, to Austin, right? At some point in, in this process. And like, do you remember the first, first time you heard from him? Did you, was it, was it with like, hello, I'm Austin and here are things you need to change in your book? I don't even remember, but I do remember, I don't remember our first interaction. Like we might've just like, well, we emailed back and forth a little bit, um, just to kind of get in, get to know each other maybe. Um, and then I think his first page of notes for the book was like 10 pages long. Like it was just ridiculous how many things I needed to change. What do you think that the, the biggest issues were that really you needed uh, help with? Well, I think because I didn't come from a writing background, I had some issues with it. And, and my writing style is just to sit and write. Um, I would kind of go off in areas that and just waste space for no reason. There were chapters and scenes that just didn't do anything for the book and didn't need to exist. But it was I liked what I was doing there and so I just kind of did it and um, it, those were kind of the things that Austin pointed out and was like you know you're not really getting anywhere with this and it's just kind of wasted space I mean if you're going to do this you gotta have a reason for doing this and and so with characters too I mean I had some additional characters there were um, three little prairie dog pups at one point in the book and I liked the prairie dog pups they were like good characters or good fun characters um and but austin was like what are you doing with these these prairie dogs i mean like are you are they gonna do something or are they just gonna be there because if they're just gonna be there they shouldn't be there and so i ended up cutting them because i didn't know what they were gonna do they weren't doing anything and i wasn't gonna do anything with them so even though i liked them they had to go so it's kind of stuff like that maybe there's a home for them in the sequel <laughs> Maybe I don't Prairie know. Prairie dogs quarters. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, ultimately, it was just wasted space, and you can't do that in a book because readers get bored, and you know, a bored reader stops reading, and you don't want that as a writer. Any other things from the editing process that kind of stand out as as you know, really things that you learn? Like, I mean, I remember the one day you were like looking for board game pieces or figures oh that you could use to recreate a fight scene? Oh, yeah. So that I totally forgot about that. So Austin said that I really needed to work on my fight scenes. And because, um, I you know, I wrote it and I thought that it made sense when I wrote it. But he was like, you know what you need to do? You need to get like little figurines or something. I don't know if you have like micro machines or I don't know like little army people you need to you need to take those and make your, set them out like your characters and 
and make move them around as you're reading your book and make sure that they're they're moving in a coherent it's making sense and so then when I started doing that I was like okay well this fight scene makes no sense because these characters are moving in a way that makes sense and so then I I did do that I like I actually use like quarters and dimes because I don't I don't have micro machines and we don't have kids that age to have micro machines yet so um so I used like quarters and dimes and nickels and pennies and whatever and I kind of like labeled them like witches like the bad witches were um were dimes and then like Charlotte and and shadow and were quarters and then I moved them around as kind of the activity was happening and 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 then I was able to write a scene that made sense so I, I forgot about that but yeah that was that was great advice from Austin I think I have a photo somewhere of you doing that so I can post that on the website with the with the podcast episode um are there other things? Are there other key takeaways you learned in the editing process that maybe you'll use for future books that you will write? I mean, did it did it make you a better writer, more prepared for future work? Um, I think it makes it made me a more, I guess, thoughtful writer. Whereas it's like I don't just write just to write stuff and get it down. It's every single scene everything that happens needs to have a reason and so it, it's maybe more methodical and more thought out than it was before because um you know again that was my big thing was I wasted a lot of space for no reason so I th I think that um I think that I go back and self-edit a lot more than I did before um I think, I mean, I don't know. I I think that for the next book that is going to be going out there, I, I'm going to try to get more people to read through it and get critiques from other people. And, you know, if Austin's willing, I would probably badger him with it again just because he was awesome. So, Well, I think the idea of, you know, every scene has to have a purpose, you know, and I think, I mean, that's an editing thing, but that's not a writing thing. I mean, I think it's okay in the writing process to, to just forge forward and, and keep writing and, and figure out later on which of these are really Im important things. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, you can you can cut and move things around too. Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to sit down and write, and if prairie dogs are, are what's inside <laughs> inside your head and this it's your day to write, then, you know, I mean, you're, you're writing prairie dogs, and if they if – they get cut later on then they they get cut but you know uh, you know i guess you, you the the creativity process i think the writing process is very different from the editing process yes for sure yeah i mean but you also have like can't get too attached to things um another thing that austin said to me too i mean i think it was austin that really encouraged me ultimately finally to make ava really the primary character instead of charlotte because you know, I was really hanging on to Charlotte. I was like, she's going to be the main, she is the main character. And, and it was Austin that was like, well, you know, um, I'm loving Ava. Ava's, you, you got to make her a bigger thing, make her a bigger thing. So I did. And at the end of, of this process, working with, you know, someone else coming in with, with lots of ideas for your book. I mean, the, 
in the end, how does it, it's still your, I mean, does it still feel like your book? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, yeah, your, your editor has ideas and, and, but it's ultimately the author's choice on what to do with it. And, um, you know, like Austin gave me suggestions, but he never said, no, you should do this and this is how you should write it. Or, you know, it's, it's not like they're telling you what to do. He always gave me a few suggestions or said, you have a problem. You could take it this route or this route or some other route, but it's just not working how it's how it is now. Okay, now let's hear from Austin Rue, who was an editor for Clear Fork Publishing, about his you know, initial thoughts on Witch's Quarters, as well as some advice that he had for Laura and has for other writers on storytelling and writing in general. So here's my interview with Austin. My name is Austin Rue. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin, but I just moved to New York City, and uh, I work as an editor for Clear Fork Publishing. Okay. Um, and so what was your role with Witch's Quarters? Um, with Witch's Quarters, I worked on editing and some copy editing. Um, so the way that we handled it was I began by developmentally looking at the work and then um, figuring out with Laura how she wanted to structure things properly and changes she needed to make. Um, further down the line, we worked on line editing, which is like going in and specifically looking at every sentence and making sure that it sounds just the way that she wants it to. And then finally, copy editing, which is just fixing grammar and that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so if you think back to when you first read uh, a copy of Witch's Quarters, what, what was your first impression of the book? I adored it. Um, I, I knew that there were a lot of changes that needed to be made, um, that it wasn't perfect. But it was the most exciting thing that I had seen from um, Clear Fork since I started there, just because that was like my genre. Like I love portal fantasy and grew up with portal fantasies. So I was really excited to get to work on it. Okay. And so what was the process like to work on improving and editing the book from your standpoint? Um, well, so every author um, is kind of different, both in like their style and the problems that they end up having that need to be fixed in editing. And I think that, um, Laura, Laura's biggest issue was um, plot, it seemed like, if I'm remembering it correctly. But she was really good at understanding character and character growth um, and the way that like they interacted and stuff like that. But um, the first thing that I think I did with her was really work on finding the skeleton of the story. And then um, she kind of went in and restructured a lot of things because of that. Okay. Um, was this process different than other books you've worked with, worked on? It seems like most authors don't um, understand character very well. So this was one of the first times that I really had to, that I was like, I was happy to not have to deal with character stuff because that's so like complicated. You have to get into someone's head and um, I don't know, it's tough to, it's tough to really talk with authors about that. It takes a long time and it's like, I don't know, thought-provoking a lot of the time. But this is the first time that I really got to, um, I don't know, that I really had to focus on plot and making sure that it was 
formed but did it not formulaic. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, okay, so I guess you kind of touched on this a little bit there already, but um, as a as an editor, well, why don't why don't we let's 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 go back and give give me give me a little background on how you got to your position as as editing books for Clear Fork. Sure. So uh, I've. Well, okay, I started working in theater when I was nine years old. So I started out acting um, and had done that for, you know, 15 years or so. And uh, in high school, I started um, directing musicals and plays. And then in college, started writing plays and directing those. Um, so I was always around storytelling. And the thing with theater is that it's very, it's both character oriented and plot oriented. So we were always focusing on the three-act structure or the five-act structure and thinking about how to get into the heads of the audience. So at that point, I was very familiar with storytelling. Um, and then I did a little bit of work in film and editing for that. And then um, after all of that, I started working as an intern for Clear Fork. And after a few months, started getting manuscripts and got deeper into it. Um, okay, so as an editor then, what, what are some things that you wish more writers knew? I would say there's a lot of stuff I could say. Um, first of all, the first rule of storytelling, in my opinion, and what I can see shows an author's like great strength, or if they don't have this, then there's clearly a problem, is actions have consequences. Um, any event that happens in the story should relate to future events. Any choice that is made should have both negative and positive consequences in some way. Um, and there, there are kind of like two major types of scenes, which I call a major scene and a minor scene, but that's just because it simplifies it. A major scene is one where a character takes an action like to get to their objective and maybe they succeed or maybe they fail and that you know leads on to the next thing. A minor scene is one where they kind of like reflect on what just happened in a major scene. So um, if you're using those two things and thinking about all the actions that just happened have consequences for the future things, um, for future reflections or for future choices of what they do after they failed, how do we come back from this? Um, that's huge. So, I mean, that's, that's a big one. I would say um, a lot of authors need to spend more time, um, this is going to sound ridiculous, but editing their work. Like, um, and editing their work in different ways. After a certain draft, go back and only focus on pacing. What are the problems with pacing? And then after the next draft, go in and see how, how do I, um, you know, how do I fix the plot problems that are happening? Uh, an entire draft for continuity, that kind of thing. Um, and with that said, every time you go back in and do another draft, you should be studying either, like you should be reading as many books as you possibly can that are nonfiction about how to deal with that problem and fiction that deal with the problem very well, if you can find them. Okay. Let me ask you about a specific thing from, from, Laura's, from Laura's book. Too. No, that, that's good. Yeah. That, no, that's really good. Um, so I, I actually took a picture of this. I should find the picture. But uh, one day she had 
bunch of little pieces of paper with characters' names on it, and she had said you told her to use, find like figurines or kids' toys or something to use. Uh, oh, she was like doing like like a fight scene, right? And so 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 tell me from your perspective that that part of kind of you 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 recall what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. Okay, can you tell me from your perspective about you know that going through that? What you right. were telling her to so, do? So I think what you're talking about was one of the very last times we went through and, and fixed things was um, Laura has a lot of kind of action fight scenes in her book and um, she didn't know how to write them and she was very nervous about writing them I think and she you know it was something that she felt vulnerable and wanted to get better at so the suggestion that I gave her was to um, think of fight scenes like a conversation and also um, think of them as they're like physically happening in the world. Um, the first one is, I mean, this is what the models were for, basically, because then you can see them right in front of you. You know what's possible. Um, if a character, you know, flies across the room and then in the next paragraph, they're suddenly on the wrong side of the room, that's a problem. So you have to like, it's just a way of mapping things out for yourself. Um, that I think is pretty helpful. It physicalizes it. Um, as far as a conversation kind of thing goes, if you have figurines going back and forth, like a kid would do with action figures, you can see that every action one character makes, it's going to have a response, and then the other character is going to have a choice to make an action. Um, yeah, like a rebuttal, that kind of thing. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, I'm very curious. I think I know, but I'm curious how, how Laura is going to feel when the book comes out. So, so having mm -hmm. been through this before, like, how are you going to feel when you, this book comes out? What, what's it going to mean to you when this book comes out? I'm really excited. Um, I mean, it's, I'm always excited when a book comes out. I'm especially, I, I'm really excited for Laura because this is her first book, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's an incredible moment, and to be a part of that is, like, uh, it's huge. It's emotional. Um, but um, I, I don't think that I'll feel as incredible about it as Laura, obviously. But there is still a part of that, like, I was able to be supportive of her and, you know, a champion for her and that sort of thing um, in some way. Yeah, I know she was like, she would get an email from you with edits and she would be like frustrated, but then like, but this is going to make it better. I mean, and you know, that's the thing, you know, like this whole process, like she has been all about making it better. And I think that's, that's what's impressed me, you know, someone who knows her, but didn't know this creative mm -hmm. side of her is, you know, that she was willing to put in the work and do it right. And as frustrating as it was to, to sometimes hear from you that there are big changes need to be made, you know, she was like, it's going to make it better. So she, she was game, mm -hmm. game for that. And that's one of the things that I'm always really nervous about. And I try to be cautious of and throw warning signs throughout notes and things like that. Like, like I'm trying to help and I hope that this doesn't come off as like an attack because, you know, any creative person that hears, you know, a negative thing about their work, um, even if it's constructive, is gonna is gonna take it personally in some way. And um, Laura's incredible at taking notes, um, so it was I think the easiest with her because she she would 
some authors will say, no, I'm not doing that, or complain about things, um, which can be fine and you can still work with it. But Laura was always like very accepting and wanted to know why I had certain notes. And she would always come back with like rewrites right away. That's another thing that authors don't do a lot of time. Like you can't get in your head too much. You just have to like write as much as you can, get on your deadlines, send things in as soon as possible, that sort of thing. Okay, good, that's really good. Um, any other things out there, just thinking of, uh you know, other authors, writers hearing this and maybe wanting to improve their, their work and other things come to mind that you would share? Okay. This is going to sound weird, I think. But everybody wants to fall in love, right? And I think that is the author's job. And it's like, it's an opportunity for the author. And so every step of the way as you're writing, just think about like, when you make us anticipate something um, and wait for something and learn more about things like characters and you know emotional moments that the characters are going through that we can see in ourselves and then rewarding us um, either at the end or like seeing having us see a character fail like those are all incredibly powerful things that shouldn't be um, I mean, they shouldn't be taken lightly, and and it might be vulnerable to write about those things, but you also have to give that to the reader because that's what they're there for. Like, for example, in Witch's Quarters, um, Laura had this beautiful scene. It was my favorite scene in the book. Um, it's towards the end, so I'm not going to spoil it, but basically Ava, the main character, like, it's an event that's so powerful for her that it, like, changes the way that she acts in order for her to, like, grow and you know, face the ending. And in one of the drafts, she took it out completely because she, I think that she was worried about the way that it, um, how serious it was and the way that it made the characters feel and that sort of thing. But it was necessary. It was like, it was a huge part of what made the book work. Um, so yeah, don't give up on those, those big emotional things. That's why we're there. That does it for episode four of the podcast. Laura Snyder wrote a book. We will be back soon, maybe not quite next week, with another episode of the podcast. So be sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. Uh, we're on the Apple Podcast app and the Google Podcast app. Uh, I was Googling and found us in some app that I'd never heard of before today, but I don't remember what it was. Um, and most importantly, by the book Witch's Quarters, now available pretty much anywhere books are sold online. If you are an Amazon buyer, as many of us are, um, then you know it, it. By default, it says uh, it takes one to three months to ship. But if you click on some of the other buying options, you can get a copy much sooner than that, um, or get a copy right away on Kindle. So we will see you guys soon. <laughs>